2: Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, a podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini, uh, and uh, joining me with uh, a few things to uh, get off his chest is uh, my friend Michael Leboff. Uh, Mike, welcome to our first emergency podcast. Yes, yeah, I mean, Look it's,
1: it's so, so like Islanders for, uh, for us. You know, if Jack Capuano gets fired, eh, we don't need it. We don't need to, to hop on, but it, <laughs> we just got are so sick and tired of, of the... Yeah. <laughs> The kind of just the, the bull, the bollocks, the, the bollocks that are with that. I don't want to yeah. make you have to bleep me out. So that are, uh, that, that <laughs> pops up every day on the, the issues with the arena. And, uh, you know, today, Claude Julian was fired today. And, and instead of, you know, going into, you know, Islanders Twitter going into that, we get another thing dropping about, uh, the arena and, uh, for, on Newsday. And, mm. and we, so we kept, instead of focusing on something hockey related, we have to focus on something else, and I think now is just maybe that was a straw that broke the camel's back that they got that they got us together. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's
2: definitely a straw that that I hit this this uh, this afternoon. But you know, forget about Claude Julien. I mean, the Islanders just won a huge two points last night against the Leafs. Uh, they came back. It was not a well played game by either team, but the Islanders came back to win it. We're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about uh, players playing better on a Doug Weight like Ryan Strome. Josh Bailey, although he's played pretty well. Andrew Ladd, who is apparently healthy. We're not going to (laughs) talk about that. Like you said, we're going to talk about. Oh, we're not going to talk about uh, Thursday's game again in Philly, which is enormous because the Islanders are directly chasing the Flyers for that last playoff spot, and the Flyers haven't scored a goal in two games. Uh, But we're not going to talk about that. Like you said, we're going to talk about the arena issues. Um, We should. We should probably address the fact that every time the last two times we've had podcasts, the very next day something kind of happened. Like we recorded a day before Capuano was fired. We recorded a day before this first news story we're going to talk about broke. So who knows what happens tomorrow? See what happens, uh, but you know it might be something, something big. But uh, anyway, to, just to start out, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a report in Bloomberg uh, that mentioned that said that uh, basically Barclays Center put together some projections. I don't know if it was fiscal year or quarter or whatever. That basically said that they would make more money without the Islanders as a tenant than they are with them as a tenant, and that led to the idea that. Mikhail Prokhorov, who owns the building, would probably not want to, uh, re up with the team when they can, uh, trigger the outclaws, which would be next January. Uh, and this, of course, sparked, this is like throwing a lit match into a puddle of gasoline, and we'll get to all of the, the various explosions later, but, uh, when you read that, what was your first thought? Like, this is, this is BS or, was, oh my God, what's just, happening
1: here? No, you know what? That, w- that one, I, was it was well thought out that the logic was there of of all these articles that bloomberg article and i think the job that robert brodsky does at newsday they they do a really good job explaining everything to you like you know why is this happening what are the possible outcomes mm-hmm. saying all right the islanders this is you know the islanders are moving to hartford without any you know <laughs> between there's no meat on that but the bloomberg article the stuff that Robert Brodsky puts out like very good stuff but uh i thought it was also amazing that the, every time there is a lull in the schedule in the nhl schedule something comes out about the islanders and the arena right and that was the monday after the it all-star seems that game way. and of course that means right and it was every every medium person in hockey <laughs> has something to write about all of a sudden and with
2: right uh I was going to say the, the Barclays, the Bloomberg article we're talking about is, was written by Scott Soschnick. And, uh, yeah, like Mike said, it's, it's, a a well, you know, written article. And basically it, um, it goes through what happened, which is this, this report. It's a report of a report, uh, that said that, you know, Barclays' financials aren't where they thought they would be. And there's a chance that they could not, uh, continue their relationship with the Islanders. Now, here's my problem with this article. The article itself was fine. Here's my problem with the article, and I'm going to get Scott Saschnik the benefit of the doubt because most times uh, the writer doesn't write the headline. But the headline of this particular article is Brooklyn's Barclays Center is dumping the Islanders, <laughs> and that was all really people really needed to kind of go off on this. And suddenly the Islanders, like you said, you know, the day after the All Star game, where there's literally no games going on, everybody's taking the day off. All of a sudden, the Islanders become a homeless. French vagabond wayward franchise because they're being literally kicked out of Barclays Center that is not the case there was not an eviction notice this is what his sources told him about these reports to Barclays Center but that's all we needed and like you said uh, things went crazy uh, after a couple of days all of a sudden every politician uh, in, in all five boroughs and Nassau and Suffolk counties came out. All of a sudden, everybody wants the Islanders now. Uh, come back here. We, we have a place for you. And then the topper was about a week later when, like you said, the governor of Connecticut and the mayor of Hartford both said, Hey, we have an arena that hasn't been used in 20 years. You could use that too. And that was a whole other thing that, you know, was just like, like reigniting the fire that had start sparked a week.
1: Before. Yeah. And I think. Everybody in the hockey community has this weird thing about the Hartford Whalers, where you know the Hartford Whalers are like this adorable little thing that got taken from everyone. It's like a stuffed animal that like you lost on a on a trip and you never found as a six year old. Everyone just loves them, wants them back. So when you bring up the Hartford Whalers, like everybody on Twitter is like, "Oh, I love the Whalers, brass bonanza, whatever," which is all well and good, right. but not when they're saying, "Oh, bring back the whale, make the Islanders the new Hartford Whalers." Mm-hmm. Like then all of a sudden now you're making me hate the hartford whalers which is (laughs) makes us you know the the bad guys like we're this is i don't think people realize when this when this stuff comes up i don't think anybody realizes what islander fans have been through um in this whole ordeal i think that people say oh they're long suffering whatever the details are what matter here to us you know like this isn't just like Mm. a a run-of-the-mill real relocation this is like dirty politics shady people and back the, the boys in the back room as my dad likes to always say like talk mm. when he talks about politicians <laughs> like it's all it's all scummy it's all pretty terrible stuff to watch people yeah. who said one thing whatever five years ago and basically ran the islanders off long island and made it impossible for them to stay to now pretend like you know it's almost insulting to intel to everyone's intelligence that these guys are now ter- completely changing their tune and saying guys and girls i should say that the Islanders are come back and they're going to champion the cause. It's, uh, you know, yeah, I, I want to scream very bad things at them. And I wish (laughs) like tomatoes, I would love to throw tomatoes and like cabbage at them and stuff.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely the most frustrating thing is that, um, these are the same players that, like you said, helped the Islanders leave the, the Coliseum in the first place. And even before that were the ones that, you know, kind of kept the team from it, locked into this terrible lease that k- destroyed them. And, you know, for, you're, you're younger than me. I, I'm, I've been reading about this. I just turned 41 last month and I've been reading about this crap since I was in high school and I am more than tired of it. And I think that Coyotes fans and I think that Hurricanes fans, ironically, can you know uh, sympathize with us and that it is the details that matter and you know whenever Ed Mangano says something about bringing the Islanders back to Nassau a lot of hockey people jump on it and they say oh look at this they're bring they want to bring them back to Nassau people with they do that without realizing and look I, I get it like you're a hockey writer I don't expect you to know the insides and outs the ins and outs of various Nassau politics and stuff but doesn't anybody remember this guy is the guy who was the executive when they left and couldn't push through the lighthouse project past uh, a very unresponsive town. (laughs) He's the county executive. I don't know how the power structure works, but I don't know how a a county executive has less power than a town supervisor, but that's (coughs) how it works on Long Island. And, you know, the town of Hempstead uh, basically scuttled the project under Kate Murray and her, I guess, second in command at the time was a guy named Anthony Santino, who is now, as you said, also trumpeting. He's the guy who recently said we want to roll out the red roll carpet out the for red the carpet. Well, Anthony yeah, where was this red carpet five years ago when you were telling Charles Wong his money was no good? Like, I don't understand. And this is what happens. So, you know, Puck Daddy and TSN and Sportsnet, they all pick up the story and they all talk about these guys that want to bring the Islanders back. And it's like, no, these are the same people that got them out in the first place. And it's extremely frustrating. It's
1: horrifying. It (laughs) it basically boils down to wanted to take the next step up on the political ladder. And she was crushingly denied by Islander fans. And so Santino basically, right. who who got to toe the party line and say and and be opposed mm-hmm. to Wong and and the Islander staying here because that's what Murray's platform is, was what she's known for. So I can't get do change my tune on that and then have her support me to take over her her position um, during the mm-hmm. election season. So then he gets elected and she's ousted by Islander fans. And so now he's all of a sudden, <laughs> hey, you know, I'm. Let's yeah roll out the red right. carpet. That is, I would, yeah. I would love to fight him in a cage.
2: <laughs> he's now yes. the town executive. He's now, the, so excuse me, he's yes, now the town supervisor. That means. Uh, right. Uh, Mangano is still the the county executive. He's running for reelection. He's, uh, he's been charged uh,
1: with some uh, some stuff. Right. <laughs> to, as,
2: uh, yeah, he's, he's currently facing, or at least a couple of months ago, uh, was facing corruption charges because he gave his wife a $400,000 a year job as a food taster <laughs> at a restaurant who he was always also giving like kickbacks and, and, and favors to that he wasn't supposed to. And, and like this is the guy who people are putting their faith in to bring the Islanders back to Nassau County. Like this guy, <laughs> this guy is his crooked as they come, he is as shady and as crooked as they come he is a liar and he is a shark. And you know what let me before we go any further, let's just say there is I guess a small chance the islanders could return there in the sense that it is a building they do have a history there and there's a chance you could also win the lottery. That chance is one in seven billion of you winning the lottery, but I guess there's a chance, you know, technically speaking, that the Islanders could go back there. But this is not the guy who deserves this chance. He does not deserve people's faith. And he certainly doesn't deserve the publicity he gets every time he opens his mouth and and utters the word island is, which, because he doesn't speak English. I don't know what language he's talking <laughs> about. He was the guy who talked about the arena all the time, and it drove me nuts.
1: Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. 100%. It's, 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 <laughs> it's uh, when this yeah, this guy. Said I had said that I honestly, you know, I, I get so sick and tired of seeing pops from NASA and Suffolk County on the back page of news for one corruption charge or another that you kind of become numb to it and accepted that when mm. these guys take these positions that or and guys in positions they are already under, you know, they're already been arrested or, or in chart in trouble for something. Mm. I'm sure because I had mistakenly said. That I didn't know if Ed McGann was in jail or not at the time because I yeah. had, I remember him getting charged with corruption. No, you charges. you weren't
2: far from the truth. Like yeah. that's that's what I'm saying. Like he he was charged. He yeah. could have been in jail. He should have been in jail probably. Yeah, but so, I guess he's not, or he's yeah. still facing charges or whatever. But
1: yeah, who knows, uh, man. But yeah, and then right. that yeah you know, they they're uh, they're becoming the good guys. We can't let that that that's the thing that's making me sick more than anything. Because um, listen, I love the Coliseum, your place on Earth. I loved being able to touch you know the ceiling of the place and have space i love that place but they took it from us and now they're trying to pretend like they're the ones who fought for it and it's not yeah. true they killed it they killed the the place that we all loved so much basically
2: yeah. uh, that's and and again that's another thing that that drives me crazy as, as an older person that watched this happen like in real time it's for, let's forget about the islanders for a second L- like let's think about nassau coliseum as a place beyond just what the Islanders did there. That is the place that if you are a Long Islander, that is the place where you see your first concert, your first wrestling match, your first hockey game, your first everything, your first ice capage, your first, you know, uh, circus, whatever it is. That is the communal place. That is the one place where the entire community goes for literally everything. The boat show, the car show, the home expo, all this stuff. And then okay, obviously the Islanders too. The Saints games we used to go to. And all these, all these events that happen there. And yet the people in charge of it let it wilt and die over the course of 20 years. And then these same people are going to come to you and say, oh, well, we we just we want to roll out the red carpet and bring these guys back. What are you bringing me back to? Like, why am I coming back to a place that you guys couldn't be bothered to fix in the first place? I just don't get it. Mm. That they, they can't be trusted. And it goes back beyond Mangana with, where uh, Joe Mondello was the first guy. Al D'Amato was always there to ch- chime in about the Islanders and stuff like that. These guys sat there while this hallowed and beloved community place literally fell apart around them. And it wasn't until the the one thing that was still there left that now they're like, oh, now we're gonna fix it up. And and by the way, it's not a new coliseum. Mike Carver mentioned this on the Point Belt Pack. Point blank podcast today. They had a great conversation about this too. It, it's, it's a paint job. It's a, it's a renovation. And to be perfectly honest, I think it looks like uh, a thing of Jiffy Pop, you know, when you, when you put the Jiffy Pop on the stove and it like builds up that big tinfoil, you know, bubble. That's kind of what it looks like now or it's going to look like. And it goes back beyond like it goes back years and years and years and years. And like to your point, I get it. Like uh, uh, people want them back. They want the nostalgia. They want to relive the, The experience of going to Islanders games with the family and take a short drive and it's great and it's a communal place and I and I totally understand where people are coming from but again the guys that keep talking about this aren't worthy of that trust like you're giving them your trust in in, because you think that they're going to give you back something you love and I'm sorry but they're the ones that made it go away and they don't deserve this and that cuts back to my my big point about this if the Islanders are going to return to Nassau County there needs to be something in it for them. And it doesn't mean nostalgia or home or, you know, history or whatever. It's got to be money (laughs) as in green, as in a lot of it. And they're not going to come back. And that includes the national hockey league. They're not coming anywhere near that place unless they get money. And right now, honestly, it doesn't look like they're going to get any.
1: And and I, my biggest fear here is that say the Islanders, what Barclays says, listen, you're like, this is in our, the lease we have, no holds barred rights to kick you out after the season (laughs) and there's nowhere else for them to go except for the coliseum and they're like all right we're doing it Mm. and things what if the islanders are bad and (laughs) and and nobody goes to the game and the place ends up you know turning into a show again and Mm. uh then what all right now you've had two chances at keeping the team they're gone like they're not not gone to brooklyn gone like (laughs) right your college friends—they're gone. They're like—they're going to <laughs> Quebec. They're going to Seattle. Like there are places right. that are ready. Yeah. Shelt-
2: uh, I saw one quote. Uh, and I forget what story. It was from a story in, back in 2012. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I forget when it was from. But the person who was quoted in it was like, "So what if the the new Coliseum is only 13,000 seats? They're better off selling out 13,000 seats than you know." S- selling whatever 11,000 or 10,000 seats in Brooklyn and I want I've never wanted to reach into a like a written article more and ask somebody a question and that question was going to be what makes you think this team is going to sell out a 13,000 seat arena <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sorry they just aren't this team in the final year I said this before when I wrote about the Hartford thing we'll get to Hartford in a second but um I wrote that in the the 25th you know the, the final season of, at Nassau Coliseum, the Islanders got up to 25th in the league in average attendance. They couldn't even hit 100% in the final season at the Coliseum. They're never going to get to 100%. Right. It just isn't. And right. that's just how it is. And, I mean, you could blame whatever you want. Years of losing, Charles Wong, Gard Snow, Mike Milbury, whoever, there just isn't a big enough fan base to support this team in any, unless they're a Stanley Cup contender every single year, and let's face it, they just won't be. It just hasn't going to happen.
1: Right, and I think that you you brought this point up, at uh, um, uh, of the season, like uh, at at Barclays Center, just just talking about feelings that we have for the Coliseum, and the, the media has for the Coliseum. You still see that spilling over into what people are writing today. Everyone hated Nassau Coliseum for they didn't have the <laughs> nicest. Nobody had anything nice to say about Nassau Coliseum. Right. T- I agree with you until all of a sudden the Islanders were leaving and it was became trendy yeah. and yeah. everyone had to share their favorite Nassau Coliseum story. Like, right. I took Nassau Coliseum for what it was. It was a place that it was like this tin can of days, and it was unique that we we could loud and you were standing sitting on top of someone who you <laughs> high school with. It was really right. I snuck into there i felt like i was at ebbets field because you hear stories about people sneaking at <laughs> yeah. the i was like just a- gonna
2: say it's like a time it was like a portal back in time yeah, basically exactly you know? and
1: and that's beautiful and wonderful and, and, and now now people before that people just had nothing nice as it yeah and and that goes from basically you know puck daddy to espn to tsn every every <laughs> changed their tune all of a sudden when the Islanders became the trendy team that year Right. and they were playing well and exciting. So yeah. there's, there's like going back to nassau it might seem like the perfect thing and a, and a really nice bow on this whole saga, but it's not. And it will be just another step into the Islanders shooting themselves in the foot more and more.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast, but I remember reading, I really should have bookmarked this because it was years and years ago, but when Eric Nystrom was with the Flames his uh his teammates used to get on his case because they only knew long island as nassau coliseum and the marriott and the surrounding parking lot and that was it and he would explain to them guys you don't understand like long island is is, there's a lot more to it than that i'm i'm from there my dad is bob nystrom for god's sakes (laughs) i know it and they went back they played the islanders one time and he was like i'll show you long island and they had a barbecue at bob nystrom's house And they were like, I don't, I don't know where exactly he lives, but I'm sure it's in one of the nicer parts of the North shore. And they saw the houses and the yards and the, the kids and the, and the, you know, the really sort of family aspect of it and all those goods, all those good things that keep. Guys from wanting to leave the Islanders and they were blown away because they had never seen it before because they'd only ever seen the Marriott, the Coliseum and then the bus to the garden or, you know, East Rutherford or whatever for the next or to LaGuardia to fly to the next city. And so that that's the kind of thing that, you know, it goes back to the community and it's such a part of the community and, and the, the dynasty guys live there and you you worked with them. you You saw them at the supermarket. You saw them at the mechanic. You saw them around. That was great. Those days are over. And the Islanders need to make money at a, at a new building, and they make money at Barclays, whether you like it or not. And so that is the most lucrative place for them. And until Nassau County can come up with a solution that gives the Islanders money, they are not going to want to come back. And it always cracks me up that, you know, the, just in the Islanders' own division, you have a team owned by MSG, most recently Cablevision, but just the. Filthy Rich Dolan family. You have a team owned by NBC, for God's sakes. (laughs) You have a team in Washington where the guy has his own media network, Monumental Media or whatever it is, and, and made his money at AOL, for Christ's sake. And then you've got the Penguins whose stadium was bankrolled by casino money. Like, where is that money coming to from the Islanders? Where are these other revenue streams coming to from the Islanders? They don't have any. Mm -hmm. And so unless – that was what the Lighthouse Project was all about was, you know, this is the other stuff that's going to help the Islanders make money. And they're not interested. They didn't want a big, dense thing. So – that's what happens. Um I just realized we never got to we never talked about the thing that actually set us off on this whole thing. <laughs> but um basically um in the story today uh Robert Brodsky who you talked about and and we're going to get to Brodsky in a minute cuz you brought up a good point before we came on. Um Brodsky's one of the the, the better guys to follow for this kind of stuff and he wrote that um the, the Nassau Democrats want Ed Mangano to tell them like what's the deal with this Islanders thing because he basically told them that there would not be an ahl team at the coliseum because he doesn't want to tie themselves down if the islanders want to show up and first of all the sharks and the san jose barracuda share an arena ed so you know it is possible (laughs) like let's let's not worry too much about overpacking the coliseum before it's actually finished being built number one (laughs) and number two that so these democrats are like hey what's the story what's going on and um this little nugget really drove me crazy and this is what i I went off on Twitter about it and you were like, Hey, we should do an emergency podcast. Uh, Brodsky writes, um, Democrats Tuesday also fired, filed a local law that would authorize Mangano to quote, take all necessary steps to negotiate and enter into a lease or appropriate agreement, end quote, with the Islanders to play at the Coliseum for at least fifteen years. Uh, I'm sorry. Nobody wanted to take the necessary steps to negotiate and enter into a lease agreement five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago that would, that would be, make sense for the Islanders. That, and that just drives me absolutely bananas. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, Well, it's because they, they, like the, the, uh, from the beginning, this is, this, these, <laughs> these politicians, if you go to – and I don't know if I've ever been to one, but I've read it in the paper what they say is – we have to find a way to keep young people on Long Island and stop moving into the city. And what they did right. was they forced their only professional sports team, only sports team in America that that is a suburb. Like it's the reason the team is here is because they're not in the city. Like this was supposed to be the whole idyllic like American dream, and there's a sports team here for us. Somehow we got so <laughs> lucky, and they chased them to the place that they're trying to keep everyone going from. And that and, and so said, and that was the message five years ago that they wanted to get people to stop moving out and Mm. yet they kicked everyone out so what's changed is Mm. nothing the fact that they want like it's so you want mangano instead of talking to other politicians in some closed room you should why not just stand in front of a a group of islander fans and explain you know someone they're never going to do it because that's just the way these things are but nobody is coming out and and giving us any sort of honest straightforward answer about this entire thing Right. And,
2: well, and and in fair to to you know again bring it around, we never mentioned this, but like the Islanders haven't said anything about this at all. No, they. Like, you know they what? Have they, not, the no only comment... thing
1: they've said was when the Hartford thing that pissed right. me off for <laughs> yeah. after weeks of 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 going back to the Coliseum, going to City mm. Field, going to Belmont. Islanders are yeah. s- saying "mom," but then all of a sudden, once Hartford gets involved, it's time to comment yeah. on the whole thing.
2: Yeah. So let's let. I mean, I guess that's our segue to Hartford. So on Monday, um. Yeah, uh, Governor uh, Malloy and uh, um, the mayor of uh, Hartford. Yeah, they sent this letter. They they literally tweeted this letter <laughs> that that to John LeDecky, who they they misspelled his name. I didn't even realize that. Uh, again, I heard that on the Point Blank show today. I didn't even realize that. That's pretty funny. They misspelled John and John LeDecky, saying, "Hey, we've got this this XL Center, formerly known as the Hartford Civic Center, where you guys can play, has not been updated in 20 years. They want to push through." I was reading today in the Hartford Current. They uh, Malloy. Wants a $240 million restoration of the building. And, uh, I would assume that they could get that $240 million restoration if they had a team to play there. But guess what? The Islanders are probably not going to go to Hartford. That just doesn't make any sense. That's even more remote and small than Long Island is. And, uh, the Islanders basically came out and like, uh, we didn't know about this before it came out. Uh, you know, we'll see everybody in Brooklyn next year. (laughs) And that was it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's so nakedly, just cynical that these guys are just obviously trolling for votes they're trolling for publicity and they're just using the islanders for their own ends and it just drives me it's 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 sad it really is sad that this is what they're doing to look like they're doing something but really i mean it's the decision's not up to them it's up to the owners
1: yeah somebody somebody came into the governor's office some some staffer and said hey you know we should we should try to get the islanders. You know, I hear the islanders are moving to uh back to Nassau Coliseum, but they might not. Like let's let's put something out there and, and bring back the whalers 'cause how many votes how many votes would that be if you brought the whalers back? Right. Uh,
2: and uh there was a story too that was like it, it got the dates wrong. It said that the Islanders are being kicked. They they yeah, had their fall. relationship severed with the Barclay Center. They they're not homeless. Like this isn't like the the uh, minor league baseball team that had no home arena for a season or whatever it was. Like they yeah, have the Road a home. Warriors. Right. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, the Road Warriors. Uh, was it were they Lehigh Valley? Yeah, were they something Hudson like Valley? that. One of the yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So you know, the, there is an out clause if Barclays Center triggers the outclaws because they feel like the relationship isn't working, then twenty nineteen the Islanders would need a new arena. If the Islanders trigger the outclaws because they don't feel the relationship is working, that would be that would the uh, twenty eighteen. So the end of next year they would need a new uh arena. That that's not gonna happen. There's a probably the most likely scenario here is that the Islanders do renegotiate with Barclays Center and uh it turns out that the fifty three million this is actually kind of interesting thing, uh Jim Baumbach too is a as another uh a good person with info about this. He writes for Newsday. I went to college with him. He's a good dude. Uh, they, um, uh, basically instead of getting 53 million a year, which has kind of was reported and we all assumed, it actually turned out the first year in Barclays, they made 37.5 million, which it's less than 53 million, but I get guarantee is more than they ever made in a single year at the Coliseum. Uh, (laughs) but apparently that's still not working for Barclays, but, um, you know, and then and so that, that was some interesting information. And uh like you said before we came on, and I think this is important too. we need to discuss who to so we've talked a lot about who not to listen to over the last half hour. Let's talk about who we should listen to. Uh Brodsky and Bomback are For two sure. of them. Uh Arthur Staple, obviously, but he keeps it to the game stuff and he kinda of like, you know, says, Hey, this is you know, don't worry about Hartford. <laughs> worry about the team. Uh Randy Marshall of Newsday yeah, is always Marshall's on top great. of this
1: she's she's yeah. she's she. i think she was probably the the one that uh had the most details of the the first problems at the coliseum uh, uh, and she was like a very she's very open to answering answering questions too for people on twitter. yes
2: yeah she's on she's on twitter you should always talk to her um you know uh it's funny uh of all the people that have been you know written about of all the i should say uh Larry Brooks gets a bad rap for Islanders fans for a lot of reasons, obviously. <laughs> but he has been one of the most vocal uh, sort of proponents of not necessarily Barclays Center, but th- the move to Brooklyn. And he's a guy who—he's like us. Like, he recognizes why it didn't work in Nassau County, how it could ever work, and why it's never going to work, <laughs> most likely. And, you know, he wants the team to—he seems like he wants anyway— to be in a place where they can succeed and he knew he knows why they left Nassau he knows why they're in Brooklyn and he knows that there are problems there but you know he wrote a thing after the the I guess the uh, the first story broke and I was like you know what this is I agree with everything he wrote here that they need to make it lucrative and Nassau just isn't that yeah um one thing I can also say is please don't read just the headline again the the original Bloomberg story the substance of the story is actually pretty good but when you see something like Brooklyn's Barclay Center is dumping the Islanders. Use your brain. Like that's not that's not <laughs> happening right now. It might never happen. Read the story. And I saw. T- I mean, we have Google alerts set up for all this stuff, and I see all these headlines, and I'm just like, oh. And then there was like Islanders might be moving to Hartford. The Islanders are not moving to Hartford. I can guarantee you that. That's <laughs> just ridiculous. No.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that it's all. Like, like like you were saying, and the headline thing goes times 30-fold when, when you're reading something on, you know, TSN or or any mm. national media sports net uh, because, you, like, like the difference between them and, and people like Robert Brodsky and Randy Marshalls, they won't get the details and they don't know how backwards everything is in, in this uh, yeah. godforsaken county. so Right. Yeah, uh, they
2: don't know Ed Mangano from a hole in the wall. Meanwhile, you know, the, the minute they turn around, Ed Mangano will probably steal their wallet, you know? like. <laughs> um there was actually uh this isn't really on the topic but um there was a a story last night on sportsnet and i was dreading it clicking on it that apparently um the nhl is going to ask players after games to fill out a questionnaire that rated the ice and this is for every arena uh to you know rate the ice how soft was it how fast was it and i was thinking to myself oh god here we go because because the leafs islanders game was on sportsnet but it actually the, the the story itself was fine and they were truthful like they uh Nick Kiprios was on the panel, uh, Colby Armstrong was on the panel, Jeff Merrick was there, and, um, you know, it's, it, the Barclays Center ice is a problem, and, you know, there's no sugarcoating that, it, it is, but this is a problem that has been, ice problems have been going on in the league forever. I mean, Nick Kiprios was like, there have always been ice problems everywhere, and, you know, Armstrong was saying that, uh, Merrick asked Armstrong, have you ever signed in a place, you know, because it had good ice, or maybe not signed in a place because they had bad ice, and he was like, you know, you might ask the guys, um, how the ice is at the arena but honestly after you ask enough guys you'll start asking where is the good ice nobody has any good ice they're all it's all bad at some point of the year I mean Dallas has always had problems with the ice and Florida and Tampa have always had problems with the ice and um, it's, it's a problem that needs to be addressed. It's certainly a problem that needs to be addressed at Barclays Center. But, you know, it, it is a league-wide issue. And I, I've, after watching it, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm glad I watched that because they were, they were fair. You know, they were fair about it. And, uh, it was, it was a, it's a league-wide issue that needs to be fixed in some places worse than others. Um, but they all, then they all joke that the, the best ice is always at the, practice facility because that's where they keep it nice and cold and it's small and it only holds, you know, a thousand or whatever. The, uh,
1: um, <laughs> I, I think that also brings up a, the point where, you know, just talking about the, the, the Barclays center and, and the ice and the, the Barclays center isn't like, uh, in the clear here either in prok up the, we, we had an episode early in the year and then we did the kind of a follow up about like the Barclays center experience and, and they, yeah. you know, they're kind of leaving everyone wanting more. Um, I think. Yeah. and, and, it, and that now kind of is becoming clear why they aren't investing in these changes that everyone kind of wants to see happen. Uh mm. it,
2: it doesn't make sense for them. Yeah, financially right, exactly. it doesn't make any sense. So,
1: so now you got your answer. Why aren't they fixing the seats? Why isn't there a statue <laughs> outside next to, to Captain America? Why, why is I was there?
2: gonna say there is. It's Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> so and it's on wheels, but it's a statue. You know.
1: So you know, just so now you know. And, it's not going to change. The the Barclays Center is what it is right now. It's it's a rental. We're renting basically renting a very nice apartment in Brooklyn uh that's mm. paying you to be the tenant. So yeah. you know, enjoy taking the train to the game for now and <laughs> who knows what's going to happen uh in, right. in 3 years. I mean Yeah. It's uh I I don't see how as bad as as the ice is and the some like the, some of the experiences at Barclays have been, it's not going to get better. I don't think you yeah. could say so there's not going to be a better situation than what the Islanders are in right now, and that, mm. to be frank, scares the living daylights out of me because if this team <laughs> if this team leaves because of all of this, um, mm. I'm going to be sick and not <laughs> ever watch hockey again.
2: Yeah, right. I've I've thought about that that myself, but that that's a good segue though to one thing we haven't talked about, which is you know how do the Islanders get their own arena? Uh, we talked about Willits Point. Uh, again, I, I don't know if we talked about it, but we, I definitely wrote about it. Uh, the Willits Point area uh, being a potential, you know, spot for a new arena, Belmont Park. Uh, and it's funny too because, again, these are places that want the Islanders. They want something there. Apparently, Governor Cuomo really wants something at Belmont Park. It's state land. Uh, they've tried to put a soccer stadium there. The locals didn't want it. I doubt they're going to want a hockey arena there. Uh, the Queensboro president i forget what her name is uh, melinda Katz, Katz, i think melinda Katz. she wants something at the willits point area once all the, the chop shops are finally getting like pushed out unfortunately for these business owners they're all getting pushed out into the bronx and other places um mike bloomberg when he was the the mayor he wanted a, a mall there bill de blasio wants some kind of uh something there Uh, Cuomo wants a a parking lot apparently for LaGuardia, which I didn't think was close enough for that, but Hey, if that's what he wants, he's the governor. I don't know. But like, it's so funny that, you know, and I wrote this, like nobody, nobody wants to watch the Islanders play hockey, but everybody wants the Islanders to play hockey in their place. (laughs) You know, like they want them to come there and play hockey and, uh, all of these, you know, I mean, there's pros and cons for each of these places, but the fact is, again, it goes back to the same issue. How do the Islanders make money? How do you get, I mean, could they build an arena? They gotta find five hundred million dollars or a billion dollars to build an arena. They're gonna be pretty close. I mean, Belmont and Nassau Coliseum sites are about ten minutes away from each other. That's not gonna be good. I mean, you're gonna cannibalize each other, as I, I heard also someplace else. Um I mean, Queens, I guess, makes a little bit more sense. It's right next to City Field. But again, like, how many arenas does a certain does one area need, and what's gonna be in there when the Islanders aren't playing? I mean, the most they could play is 60 games a year or whatever, if they go to the Stanley Cup Final. But what if that doesn't happen? I mean, what what else is going to go there? And so it would be awesome if they could build their own arena, start from scratch, get all that good ancillary revenue that the other teams in the league are getting. But again, it's so much is going to have to happen for that to take place. And then you're going to talk about a five-year building period. So then what happens? I mean, do you sign up temporary thing with Barclays Energy go back to the Coliseum for a couple of years and then rip everybody's hearts out again when you move to <laughs> to, to Queens I mean it's it, you know none of it really is easy but that's the situation they're in right now like you said I mean as, as far as those situations go Barclays whether you like it or not is probably the best situation for
1: them yeah and it's uh it's sad and, and and I think that the like you said each each place has pros and cons I think people are I, I would personally lean towards, if it, you know, if it was isn't the Coliseum, if, it, if it, the Islanders can't make money as a tenant at the Coliseum, like Belmont seems to be the one that makes the most sense if they can get it done because, like you said, it's state land. Uh, right. it seems like it would be the least taxing, uh, on, yeah. on regular people who don't, you know, give two shits if the Islanders are <laughs> here or if they're in Timbuktu. So, right.
2: and, so, and I wonder too if, if there's some sort of, um, you know, like, Tie-in thing they can do with the racetrack or with a casino or something. Another league probably wouldn't like that, but mm-hmm. well, there's I mean, already they do have a team in there. Vegas, so <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's true too. Um, but there are the businesses there that the Islanders might be able to use as leverage. Yeah, and you something. can
1: get there through public transportation as well. Right. Uh, and I'm sure that there's more. So, so I just, I mean, it, 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 that's the place that seems to, to make the most sense. But it's is controlled by you know the state, so there's obviously going to be political hurdles anywhere they go. It seems like ironically the place with the least amount of political hurdles is going to end up being Nassau Coliseum because it seems, but but like we said (laughs) that hmm. that's, that's just like, as in like we need, you know, you need to get things approved to a vote or whatever, because, uh, it's already happened. I think that uh, if, if you're building a new arena at a place where the Islanders have never been before, there's going to be a (laughs) a ton of complications. So, uh, Got it. I don't
2: think it's that the I don't think it's that NASA would have the least amount of political hurdles. I think that they would have hurdles that they have already. They would it would have smaller hurdles because the building has already existed and and the relationship already exists. Yeah,
1: and it's, owned, but, it's it's funny that it's also owned by yeah. Mikhail Prokhorov.
2: Yeah, oh. no, well, no that that's that's a common. He, he doesn't own it. He owns, He's, they're doing the renovation. Right. Okay. Uh, the the county still owns. The Coliseum and the land, and again, that's that's where the problems come from. Is you know, this is why the Red Wings are leaving Joe Louis Arena to go to Little Caesar's Arena, named after the the company that the owner owns, but was mostly paid for by the citizens of Detroit, because they can own now their own arena. Uh, Joe Louis Arena, I don't think it was owned by them. I think it was owned by the city of Detroit. Um, but they can make more money directly at Little Caesars Arena than they were at the Joe. And oh, yeah, by the way, again, the taxpayers paid for the building, <laughs> the Little Caesars Arena. And so they're not, footing, you know, Mike Illich isn't footing any of the bill. So this is unbelievable. You
1: know, Why did not he call it, he it, called it the pizza pizza arena?
2: I, well, it's it's the oven. I mean, or the or the pizza box. I don't care what you even want to call it, but um, it's going to be something like that. But uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that happen. And again, this is what's happening all around the league. the, the Oilers just moved into a new arena. Um, the the Coyotes were all set to move to an arena, in Arizona that they were going to co-build with Arizona State, and that fell through. Um, there needs to be incentive for the Islanders to go back to the Coliseum beyond just nostalgia. It's got to make money for them. And John Lede, you know, uh, again, the Point Blank guy said this pretty clearly, and Brian Compton has said this a lot of times. They didn't pay four hundred eighty-five million dollars to flush their money down the toilet in Nassau County, just like Charles Wong. Did. Right. Like they they want to money And they aren't Charles Wong either. Thing.
1: Like this isn't. This is, these <laughs> are guys aren't Long Island to the death. Right. You know, like Charles Wong would go yeah. to war for Long Island. He was, you know, say what you want about him. He was like kind of like a benevolent dictator. That's how I kind of looked at his reign. But he, But
2: that's why he bought the team because right. he's a Long Island guy.
1: Exactly. And these guys aren't. <laughs> these are businessmen. So, yeah, if they, right. they well,
2: the, I, I don't think that they would ever actually leave New York because that's, you know, that's a tough sell. But, you know, I mean, people are getting sick of it. We're, we're obviously sick of it because we're sick of the details. But like people are just sick of it all over the place. And I mean, they can't they can't deal with this. You know, I mean, just there's. There's an arena in Quebec that's begging for, an, for a newer uh, uh, tenant. There's maybe, you know, Seattle keeps popping up every once in a while. I don't think the Islanders are ever going to leave. I think there's too much history. There's too much money to be made here. But they're going to have to figure out how to make it. And until they do, this is the best they're going to get. Um, you know, our thing is, and, and, you know, I guess we should probably start to wrap it, <laughs> wrap it up soon. I didn't think it was going to be this long um, for a one-subject show, but... Uh, You know, it's about these people don't deserve our trust. These are the people that made them, made the team, you know, stuck the team when this terrible lease and stuck the team with no other options, but to leave for Barclays center. And so they don't, I'm, I'm not trusting them. I don't trust Ed Mangano as far as I can throw him. I don't trust Anthony Santino as far as I can throw him. The lady who's running against Anthony, uh, who's running against Mangano, I'm sorry, I forgot her name, Laura something. I'm sure she's nice. She's not Ed Mangano, so that, she's got that going for her. But I don't trust her either when she says she's going to bring the team back. This is just like lip service and mm-hmm. hot air. And I I find it very funny, and I said this to you before we came on, I find it very funny that a lot of the same people that are quick to label a 20-year-old hockey player a complete bust before he even reaches the NHL, are totally cool with letting Ed Mangano lie to their face for a decade. Like, I don't get that. I don't get why one person doesn't get the benefit of the doubt and the other person does, because to me, one guy kind of earns it because he's young, and the other guy has had too many chances, and I can't deal with it
1: anymore. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's you know that's what it boils down to. You've learned how to, who to trust. I know it's frustrating too because this is a, this conversation I've had with a lot of Islander fan friends. You know, people like us who diehards and and know the ins and outs a little bit. um That you get when you get texts like I have a buddy from Minnesota and a buddy from, <laughs> from Connecticut who yeah. texts to me. He's like, "Wow, the Whalers are coming back." And and someone from Minnesota was like, "Who don't really?" Oh, and it's not no fault of their own to not know, like you said, the the ins and outs of the corrupt county that we live in but uh <laughs> as soon as the islanders left i feel like every dive bar on long island had one guy who was just adamant about the islanders coming he had a source a source that said the islanders were definitely coming back yeah. you know like, the carvel guy
2: right. was was a big source yeah
1: yeah so so <laughs> yeah. The, like you got to you just got to wait for it. no one's going to know answers no one's going to give you a straightforward answer until something is actually in stone and even at that point charles wonk yeah. told <laughs> us all that this at least was right. ironclad and the islanders would be mm. playing in brooklyn till what 2040 and now look where we yeah. are.
2: Four right. years. Well, later. the uh, the deal with the Coyotes in Arizona State was was a foregone conclusion. It was done. They were all set to go, and then all of a sudden, like I forget if it was Monday night or Tuesday night, like nine o'clock at night, it was just all of a sudden. Nope, there's no deal anymore. Sorry, you guys are stuck in Glendale. <laughs> it's like, whoa, wait a minute. Even the Coyotes fans had. I mean, at Five for Howling, you should read them. They do good work there. Uh, they were like, whoa, we didn't see this coming, and that's just how it is. And so, again, until you walk into the doors of a building that building might not exist. And if you walk into the doors of Nassau Coliseum and the Islanders play there, then you know what? Something must have happened to make the Islanders reconsider. And hopefully they become a lucrative uh, revenue generating team because they have not been in their entire history. I mean, go back to Roy bow. That dude was in bankruptcy barely five years after owning the team or founding the team. He still owed the Rangers their indemnity fee for horning in on their, their territory. They they had the NHL had to stop him from uh, or suspend him from operations because they were afraid he was going to sell off players like he sold Dr J to the Sixers so he could bring the Nets into the NBA. That's the kind of financial straits this team has always been in for four yeah. to five years. And I, it, it, so. we should
1: also just note, and I think you know, for John Spano, has a you know special place <laughs> in my heart for just the sheer like balls he had for pulling off that basic heist. The Islanders mm. and Islanders fan, oh, John Spano a great deal because without John Spano and the Islanders' unbelievable television deal, this team mm. isn't here anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: So that, dude, that cable vision deal. When we complain about cable vision and I get it. Sometimes, you know, they when everybody's playing, you literally have to take 10 minutes to go up and down your dial to find the game. It's in standard definition. It looks like you're watching it through like a, a dirty fish tank. Like it's hard <laughs> and and you know, you don't always get what you want, but man, without that deal, this team hasn't been here in a long yep. time. Like that—that's that's, thirty million in the bank. You want to talk about something
1: year. being so Islanders? There it is. That <laughs> just sums it up. This is, this is all this is going on, right. and the person who has kept the Islanders here more than anybody, maybe aside from Charles Wong, is the guy yeah. that went to jail for trying to buy the Islanders with zero money <laughs> or buying. The Although.
2: There's a story about that too, and their ratings are pretty terrible, but I guess they've, they've probably always been pretty terrible, but I guess they'll turn around too. I mean, the the first half of the season was pretty lousy, so maybe the ratings will get better, but, uh, hey, we got Brendan Burke now. Things are good. Uh, you know, the, the broadcasts are in good shape, so we'll see what happens. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, so there you go. I mean, uh, this was a lot easier than, than writing all this down. I've had a lot of these ideas and it's just today was just too much when, when the Democrats, you know, want to, you know, force the executive the Republican executive to make the Islanders stay by coming up with a plan. I, I give up. Like I give up. You guys, you can say whatever you want. I'm not going to believe a single word of it. It just doesn't make any
1: sense. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh I do have a uh, a review though. Uh, this comes actually from SoundCloud, and I I find it actually kind of relevant. Uh, you could leave uh, notes on SoundCloud. Uh, you can do that. Our page is. Uh, SoundCloud.com/slash Islanders Hockey or Lighthouse Hockey, I think. Just look for us; we're in there. Uh, Islanders Anxiety, Lighthouse Hockey. Anyway, um, the B Town Groove Core writes, so "I'm so glad you are doing this podcast more frequently." Well, see, there you go; we did it, in a, a week, uh, one, two a week. That's pretty good for us. Uh, I don't live on Long Island anymore, and I miss talking puck with other fans. And in the days of the Collie, even with the likes of Aaron Asham and Peter Rootgazer, uh, you fill ah. the void for me since I left. Great podcast, guys. So there you go. Peter Rutgazer. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, was, I got to party with Peter <laughs> Rutgazer in Pittsburgh one during the playoff nice. series. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And of course, we, yeah, we loved like Aaron Asham guy. as well.
2: Yes, yes. Aaron Asham. I always, whenever I think of Aaron Asham, I think of the, uh, the, he's, I think more than anybody, he's the first guy I think of when I think of the orange third jerseys. For some reason, I always think of yeah. Aaron Asham first. I don't know why. Really? Uh, of all the players that wore them. I that
1: picture of him in, in the, uh, that fro. When he Like they had yeah. the retro net. Oh, right, yeah. And he wore the fro yeah. during warm warm-ups.
2: That was cool, great, yeah.
1: yeah. I remember being very, very <laughs> upset when they traded for him because they traded for Chukowski for him. Did they really? Yeah, that was the uh Montreal they traded Montreal for Aaron Asham. Right,
2: right, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, I was looking at, uh, real quick, uh, when Tavares is climbing up the, uh, the all-time scoring list for the team, and at one point I was looking at it and, Marius is pretty high, like Polish he's Prince, pretty man. high on that list. And you're just like, man, those are some bad. No offense to Marius, he was a really, really good player, and I'm glad he had the the years he had with the Islanders. But man, those are some pretty lean years when he's like, he's pretty high on the list. Like I say, <laughs> you, you would not expect it, but he's pretty high on the list. But hey, good for him. I hope he's I hope he's doing pretty well. Uh, anyway, well, I hope this was cathartic for you. You said, hey, should we do a cathartic emergency podcast? And it sounds like it was. We yes, got a lot <laughs> off our chest. I
1: needed I it pretty badly. <laughs>
2: yeah definitely and uh i have a feeling that a lot of this stuff is going to stand hopefully nothing changes tomorrow uh as it has happened the last couple weeks in a row maybe tomorrow they uh announce that they're building a new arena or moving back to the coliseum (laughs) or moving to you know whatever but we'll see what happens and uh you know again just just be really careful what you read be really careful where you freak out be really careful of who's saying what because man there's a lot of people out there that have a lot to say and you have to kind of wade through it to find the substance and there are places where you can go. Again, Robert Brodsky, um, Jim Bomback, Randy Marshall, Arthur Staple, obviously. Um, and you know, there are other people out there, but you gotta read past the headlines because there's a lot of noise and there are nuggets to be found and, and information, but don't read the headlines <laughs> is what I'm saying. Um, tell everybody your uh, your Twitter handle real quick.
1: It's at Big two E's.
2: Bigly Baskie with two E's. I'm still a culture of losing. Uh, we're still here. The Islanders are still here. And, uh, we, uh, we'll see you around, I guess. Uh, we'll, we'll get another podcast going at some point and, uh, closer to the trade deadline, I guess, which is now, you know, of, of major concern <laughs> if the Islanders continue to play as well as they have. So, uh, we'll see everybody, uh, probably around then. And, uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for hearing our ranting. And, uh, <laughs> we'll talk to you again very soon. Thanks a lot.